This is episode 1049, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And from Nashville, Tennessee, our managing editor, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Uh, once again, Derek Miner and Jamie Ivey are off. We thought the last couple episodes, it would be kind of a one-time event, two-time event. Uh, lo and behold, yet again, they blew us off. No, if you've been following Derek on social media, you know what he's doing. He is traveling right now. He's speaking at colleges and churches and uh, previewing his new album that's about to come out. He's playing it. It's a listening tour. Um, a listening and speaking tour, I guess, is what he's doing. It's really cool. I haven't seen many artists do this, but it's an interesting approach. Uh, but anyway, he's, he's on the road right now. He will be back very, very soon. Not to fret, as will Jamie. Nice. I don't know what she's up to. I think she's just saying, I think she's just sleeping in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel to. like she's kind of conquering the world. She's doing so much right I do now. too. <laughs> she's secretly taking over. The the rational mind in me is telling me that she's got a lot of, uh, you know, very substantive, professional, and personal, and spiritual obligations. The other side of me is saying she was so disciplined in January that she is just out there <laughs> living her best life. Dude, you know what you, she, you know? It's like road trips to, to like Vegas and like the Bahamas and, no, you know. No, 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 no. She's set up a bunker in her house full of screens. She has 18 phones and she is like mission control trying to keep up on the latest about Scandaval and all the Bravo drama oh that's been God. happening for this past week. That's what's going on with Jamie Ivey. She just can't break away to do a podcast. She has to know the latest on the Vanderpump Rules drama that's happening in real time right now it's taken over the internet it, it and, is uh, funny jamie can't be here with i us. know nothing about that other than i saw a headline on some entertainment website that i peruse occasionally Dude, the new york times is covering it it, but, it was the front page but, but Stone. The, yeah, the, but yeah the headline was like the real bravo drama is now happening on podcasts so help me help me out well you know i actually don't really care no, i'm not but but no, i'm assuming I'm, I'm assuming instead of you know, uh, you know, the the ladies of that franchise hashing out their differences over brunch and throne. No, 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 no. Bloody Marys, They are. No, no, no. Uh, this is not a housewife situation. This is this is Vanderpump Rules, which is the young Hollywood. Uh, it was it was the the Sir Restaurant, the bartenders and and waitresses show. That one, you know, where they were just I trying guess. to make it in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, it's not the housewives, the middle-aged ladies who just like go to brunches and throw drinks on each other. It, it's not that show. It, it's all the thirty-year-olds who go to brunch and throw drinks on each other. <laughs> yeah, no, they go <laughs> how, to clubs and vacations and throw how, drinks. How on dare each other, I? Yeah. I? You know, I haven't really been into like trash reality shows since Jersey Shore. Oh, I have. Um, even oh. though they're doing like Jersey Shore reunions, my if I'm watching trash reality shows right now, it's usually like weird alternative history or like alien shows that are for some reason on a channel called the History Channel, even though it has nothing <laughs> like have you I don't maybe it's just me aging that I find myself drawn to weird his, like 
pseudo history channel content that I stumble on on Netflix. It's like, oh, hidden Nazi technology in the pyramids. All right, this is this is my new trash TV now. Like, I think I've graduated from interpersonal drama to just weird, like, you know, Netflix documentary rabbit holes. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I'm just okay. telling you. You brought what, up a good comp. This version of reality TV is the current version of Jersey Shore. So that that is this show is this today's Jersey Shore. So imagine if social media existed during Jersey Shore and actual crazy stuff that you never would thought would happen to those actual people started happening in real life. And it made actual news and hit the front page of The New York Times and that's the, that's what's happening I got, right now. I got to be honest, so. even as you're telling me that the stakes are raised and this, there's more currency and it's unfold and it's like watch, watching live PD where I'm watching arrests happen in real time. That's right. I got to be that's honest. Right. I still not that interested. <laughs> like, I, think, <laughs> I do think reality TV peaked at Jersey Shore because that was like... What? Uh, did you ever watch Jersey Shore? Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. Like I... The fact that they just randomly found these people and they found the most insane people I've ever seen. And I, you know, I watch weird reality TV as well. Jersey yeah. Shore is like super crazy, but I'm not as much of a, that, I'm not as much, but there's two different types of reality TV, right? There's, there's the reality TV where it's like, let's take all these strangers and put them in a house or in a resort and just put cameras everywhere and film them like a science experiment. That's Jersey Shore. That's Big Brother. That's Survivor. You know, that's Naked and Afraid. Yeah. You know, that's just like situational. Then there's the reality TV of like, let's film these characters in their quote unquote real lives and just see what happens, right? That's the other kind, right? And that's that's what's going on with this real life scandal. So it's very different than peak. I mean, you know what I mean? Jersey Shore is just like, let's find crazy characters and shove them in a the house for a summer. I, I don't know. I know. Of and course it was wild. I watched, I should not have watched that in high school because it was, that was some very formative years for me, but like it was <laughs> so good. <laughs> It, Did you I mean, start dressing like Snooky or something? What well, do you I mean? Say, it, it seems no, more I was a than anything. I, I kind of had to be like covert about it because it was I was like a good church girl, but like on the like I would come home from youth group and watch the latest Jersey Shore episode because um, it was fascinating to me because they lived basically the exact opposite lives I was living and I and you know this I like to watch reality TV shows where I don't understand their lifestyle or culture. Like there's something about the housewives Kardashians. I've seen it enough that I'm like, I get how you operate, whatever. But that's why I go to like the weird TLC reality shows where it's like, I don't understand the sister wives. I want to understand you. So I'm going to watch the show or like the 90 day fiance. That is my worst nightmare. I will never do that. But I am fascinated by people yeah, that would like do married it. at married at first sight, like weird social experiments. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, so cringy and weird. I love it. I watch anthropologically as well. Like I want to understand these people whose values or lifestyles are completely different from mine. I, I agree with that. I, I'm drawn to that as well. I, I got to be Listen. honest though, and I know I think we mentioned this last or in in a recent week, but like, okay, the climatic moment for any of those shows, the one that the episode builds around. It, the wine toss. It, it, yeah. It, it, well, it, it basically, it's some sort of physical confrontation, right? Flip like, the table. Yeah, yeah. Flip the table, you know, throw a drink, pull some hair, you know, or it's some mm. sort of shocking revelatory thing, right? That is just 
mic mm-hmm. drop. I cannot believe they just submitted to that. Whatever's happened to the TikTok out al- or the, the Twitter algorithm, basically it's just fast forwarding to that. It's weird fight videos <laughs> at restaurants. Okay. Like someone throwing a milkshake at a, at a, at a McDonald's, you know, and then just the kitchen unloads or, or like a Waffle House dispute turns into like Royal Rumble, right? Like so many, so many, or, or, or like some sort of, you know, overhearing a couple in some, you know, crazy TikTok video or some gym confrontation or someone on TikTok, like, you're not going to believe it. I, 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 you know, married my neighbor's babysitter from growing up. What? You know what I mean? Like some sort of weird, like that's basically Twitter is just fast forwarding to the climactic scenes of any of these reality shows, putting it in 15 second clips and scrolling. I think they're just tapping into what people watch the reality shows and are just cutting right to the chase. In some cases, literally a chase. Literally, <laughs> literally the chase. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. All right. Well, that's why Jamie's not here is she's created a bunker to keep up with the latest on the Scandaval they situation. Should just, real quick, so. this is a great idea for his next social media app. Just call it trash, right? Like, like if, if you're <laughs> wanting content, like, and it just has different verticals. It has like awkward arguments over, you know, someone eavesdropped with their cell phone. One is confrontation on airplanes. There's could be a whole content vertical for that. One could be fast food fights. It's just all the trash content that like clogs up our social media. One can just be like insane conspiracy theories from your uncle or whatever. Like each vertical, it just... It's not that that's going to go away. Well, why don't we just put it on its own social media site? Take it off all the other ones. And if you just want to get your fill of of uh, of a of someone, you know, getting pushed into a, a deep fryer in the in the back of a Applebee's, <laughs> there's a, there's a feed for that. But let's just keep it there's off Twitter. For that. Let, let's just call it the yeah. trash app and. You know, every once in a while you get trash fix, but let's just keep it off the other ones. I don't know, just an idea. Maybe that's what Jamie's working on this week. I don't know. She's she's very busy. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Melody Malone from Passion, one of our favorite worship outfits, obviously. I mean, they're the OGs, right? Uh, we've talked to Christian Stanfield from Passion before, but we haven't talked to Melody. We're excited to have her join us, so don't miss that. Uh, we also have your feedback at the end of the show, but stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Relevant Buzz. It's a good one. Listening to Portugal the Man. The song is Dummy. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. All right, Emily, tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. 
Um, I want to start off talking about some new legislature that Congress has passed that would make banning TikTok like an actual thing. Um, for years, congressmen and women have shared that they want to ban TikTok nationwide. We've kind of heard this and just, you know, blown it off. Like, are they really going to do this? How are they going to do this? All of that. Um, and a lot of states have actually banned government officials from using the app. So it's not really the most far-fetched idea but everyone has just kind of assumed that when it came to the whole nation it would never really happen um, for a variety of reasons until now uh, congress passed the deterring americans technological adversaries act last week which gives biden executive power to ban the app um, there's some other things in it too but most importantly to ban tiktok um, if he decided to do so now obviously the question on everyone's mind is why would he do that um, it's used so much there's like millions of people who use it every single day a lot of people have started building platforms and basically careers on it so you know what's the reason for banning this app and basically it all boils down to national security congress is concerned that because the app is owned by the chinese government um, it's hard to monitor if users are sharing or uploading content that could cause damage to uh, our personal safety and just really the safety of the country. Uh, the committee chairman behind the legislature um, kind of shared the reasoning behind it. And it's really interesting what he said. He said, how can we ban TikTok among ourselves and not ban it for our children? That is the moral question of today and of our time. TikTok is a modern day Trojan horse of the Chinese Communist Party used to survey and exploit Americans' personal information. In other words, it's a spy balloon in your phone. I'm not a big like I. I'm not a big like native TikTok person. I don't have TikTok on my phone, like, but I'll see TikTok videos like embedded and things like that. But like, and and I'm not saying this isn't like the wise or smart thing to do. But like, I don't know. Like the the sort of libertarian leaning in me is like, what what's the legal precedent that the government can just tell you what kind of apps you are and aren't allowed to put on your phone? Like, if I have an app that that they're telling me, hey man. This is take this is taking your data or 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 this is, you know, surveilling your usage and you agree to it because it's buried in the terms of use agreement. Like, is there a legal precedent? Yeah. Like, so it's national security. So they're saying with the location data, with the facial recognition, with location video that if the Chinese government took the data that TikTok has on its servers it could piece together basically a complete Google street view of everything going on in America and all the people in America. And that's a national security concern. But, but they're like, I get it. If I'm a, if I have a federal, if I'm a, if I'm a federal employee and I'm using like a government right. device. Right. But as a private right. citizen, it's my prerogative. If I want to share with anyone, including a foreign government, my location data, like they're, they're, they're you, like, would be, you would be, there's also espionage laws and stuff like that, that you can't, uh, but, but I mean, share. if I were to just publicly write on the internet at the store right now, at this location, just like that, I, I just like, but again, I'm kind of, but they're saying that you might, but your video, you might be walking by something that sense that is sensitive that you don't know is sensitive. You may be filming somebody in your background that is a person of interest that you don't know is a person of interest. And they're just saying, but I still have the right, you're to do capturing. That. 
but they're saying you don't. So national security concerns that they don't want to open up that Pandora's box and that they don't know what the Chinese government is going to do with the potential of what TikTok is doing. And there's like 300 million Americans using the app and it's just like gotten out of control and the government is not comfortable with it. I think it's a power play of, you know, basically saying China, you've taken too much of our intellectual property. And, you know, obviously there's a big Cold War, tech Cold War going on right now. I think what's going to ultimately happen is that they're going to just basically put their foot down and say, either ByteDance, you can sell the company to a non-Chinese company or you can shut it down. And obviously they'll sell. Back when Trump was threatening that, uh, Microsoft was in talks apparently to buy TikTok. I think something like that will happen and they'll break off the US TikTok and the kids will keep dancing and it'll be fine. I, I, I also like that it could be Microsoft, which is, in my opinion, like the nerdiest, like oldest, like <laughs> seeing them like take over, like Clippy becomes a part of like the TikTok. Birth, you know, I, I just we've all seen the video of like the Microsoft Windows, like 97 unveiling with Bill Gates and like, you know, Steve Ballmer, like dancing on stage. Those are the last, if I was Congress, I'd be like, there's one group that cannot own this app. And I would just show the video it, it, because it's like these people fundamentally don't understand dancing by the looks of this video. How can we give them TikTok? Interesting. All right. What else do you have? Uh, I want to talk about Joyce Meyer, televangelist. We all know um, at age 79. Great. Great preacher. uh, Great preacher. And now a tattooed woman. Come on, Joyce Meyer. (laughs) She shared uh, in a sermon recently that she got two tattoos um, and her husband also got a tattoo. Uh, She has a tattoo on her back and she has one on her foot. Um, And she didn't show the ones because, you know, she's a classy lady. Um, She's not just going to like take her jacket off and show. We saw the one on her, on her ankle because she wore capris. Yeah. Because she is 79. So she was wearing capris. Um, I think the one on her back is a shoulder to shoulder Eagle or cross uh, with it, with a Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Hanging on the cross. Uh, It is a cross. It's a cross and underneath it, it says, I belong to Jesus. Um, but on her foot, she just has the word love because she wants to be reminded to walk in love. I I would, I was really hoping it was the old Lord's gym, short, that whole full back piece where it's like Jesus doing a push up with the cross. <laughs> you remember those Lord's gyms? Well, gems, she didn't show things. the picture, so we don't know. Maybe it is that. Maybe she yeah. just described She's it. been talking about... Jesse, uh, you had mentioned off air that uh, she might have had a tattoo previously. She she didn't. She has been talking about tattoos, though, for a few years and preaching about that they're good and that the people who say that they're anti-scriptural are wrong and stuff. And because I remember this because um, in 2020, right after COVID started, uh, I was doing some uh, the design work <laughs> for Relevant, and I remember we ran a slice about her preaching about tattoos, and I I made a graphic of Joyce Meyer preaching with complete sleeves of tattoos. I like I superimposed and Photoshop sleeves of tattoos on her, and so and we put it on Instagram, and I got a lot of reactions. I think she reacted. So maybe to you it. seeing, maybe yeah, maybe you seeing that that photo <laughs> put in your head that she has tattoos. But no, those were not real. That was me photoshopping her. But um, 
She actually has tattoos now. But didn't she? She preached about it. She spoke about it, didn't she? She did. Yeah, we actually have a clip of her talking about it. If you can play it, Jason. And a friend of mine in Dallas was telling me about this tattoo artist that he knew that was a friend of his who was believing that someday he would get to tattoo me. (laughs) Now, I mean, these things are not coincidences. And so, long story short, two weeks ago, I got tattooed on my shoulder. I have a nice little cross back there, and it says, I belong to Jesus. And just for good measure, I put love on my foot to remind me to walk in love. Dude, please, please, if you're listening to this, like Kenneth Copeland or one of you old G's, <laughs> OG's that are still out doing your thing, I'm going to say it without comment because people can just presume what my opinion on them is. But please, go get the Post Malone. Like, do full Post Malone. I want to see the all, I want to see always tired under the eyes. I want to see. I, I at least some like maybe the Justin, the Justin Bieber necks, yeah. the neck tattoos. Yeah, yeah. A, 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 Doesn't Post Malone have like barbed wire face. on his forehead? He does, and he has like a, a a a sword, I think, on his face. I just want one televangelist to go full on Post Malone. I can I can Photoshop that and show you what it would look like. I can Photoshop that on on Kenneth Copeland's face, and if you want, just as the sword of the spirit. I also know. I actually know this for a fact for Halloween costume purposes. That you could buy the full Post Malone face tat kit and just go ahead and, and do a replica. Listen, it's not going to hurt anything to do one episode of like Find Your Faith Today, you know, or whatever one of these shows are with the full Post ink. Just one time, just see what see what those Seed Faith donations see how they perform at the end of the show. You go one episode full Post. I'm you know I'm just tossing it out there. I was with my brother the other night at the magic game and I told him this because, you know, we come from the same family and my parents do not approve of tattoos and my parents come from the same world as Joyce Myers. And so I was, and my brother is very tattooed and it has been a thing in our family, you know? And so I was telling him to give him ammo for the next family gathering. Hey, by the way, Joyce Myers got tattoos and he's like, who's that? And I was like, one of mom and dad's, people and he's like well you know it seems like just everybody has tattoos now i mean what's the big deal and i was like i don't but i mean like, i was like i was trying to give you ammo dude like tell mom and dad next time they look disapprovingly at you at your arms that one of their mentors and peers has has tattoos man <laughs> would you rather what would be more satisfying if you were to turn on tv and and like you know like pat robertson had either the mike tyson tribal eye ink face tattoo or like a Lil Wayne, like, uh, you know, uh, Post Malone kind of inked up face. What would be more satisfying? I kind of think the tribal eye tattoo personally. The, the Pat Robertson goes tribal? Hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying I think I would enjoy seeing that more. I'd be satisfied with any of it. Yeah, as, long as, it's, as long as it's above yeah. the neck. I would definitely start yeah, tuning as long as it's in. above the neck, you know? Yeah. I just want I just want all, yeah. all of the old Christians to all of their tattoos have to be scriptural puns the way Joyce's are like walk in love so you get love <laughs> on your foot you know they we you know like the, our feet are shod with the gospel so they tattoo the word gospel under their foot and all this stuff we we need all all the puns or like the whole suit of armor you know the gospel of the armor they could just get all the yeah. 
all that all over their body. I mean, oh yeah, isn't there like, like a, uh, something on like this armor of God, like that you can put on your head? Because um, I would, I would pay good money to see one of the <laughs> yeah, televangelists. The helmet. the helmet of salvation. The, the helmet, helmet of salvation. salvation. There you we gotta, go. Yeah, especially some of those bald ones. You know, make it a little design. It'd be fun. Yeah, like the Travis Barker. You just tattoo on fake hair. That is like a cool design. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, one of them could pull it off. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, what's what's the last thing? Um, I, we have to talk about this absolutely insane show. Um, for the trailer that I saw, this trailer that I saw yesterday, uh, Kevin Hart is hosting "Who's Having My Baby" with Nick Cannon. That's all the preface you need. Play the trailer, guys. You're on a game show right now. Kevin Hart and Nick Cannon are coming to E! for the mother of all game shows. Having my baby with Nick Cannon! You got Pyro? Yeah! You're going to get some contestants that want to have your baby. We're not kidding around. Eeny, meeny, money. Let's go! Who's Having My Baby with Nick Cannon, hosted by Kevin Hart. This spring, only on E! I mean, l- listen. So... Who am I to judge? Birth rates are in decline. We know that. Um, you know, teach their own. Well, Nick Cannon's birth rate is not in decline. He currently has 12 children with six different baby mamas. Uh, so he's doing okay on the birth rate. Um, so yeah, I saw this yesterday, or I saw it the other day on Twitter, just absolutely bamboozled because there are many, many things going on with this show. But I looked it up. You know, there was other sources that were posting about it. So I was like, wow, I I can't believe this got greenlit and that this is actually happening. And then imagine my surprise when I log on to the Internet the next day and it was all a joke. Uh, It's actually a setup for a new Kevin Hart sketch show. Um, But they marketed it like it was real and it convinced a lot of people, including me. I'll be honest, the, the, the thought of a Kevin Hart sketch show is more offensive to me than this <laughs> being familiar with his work <laughs> uh, that's great oh man <laughs> i saw we saw this going around yesterday or an e and the today show we're all tweeting yeah. about it and stuff and then emily put it in our all staff and they had this whole 30 minute conversation just just i can't believe this you know the state of america today and i just and these women just want the money and the, just, everybody was just all up in arms about it i stayed out of the conversation and then this morning they revealed that look, look, <laughs> and it's, not, it's not even prank. april fools like it was, it was a, a terrible prank, prank. <laughs> oh it was great Me, look, look it was it's great. nothing personal it's a matter of taste i guess but I can't remember one thing I've seen recently. I'm like, oh, cool. Kevin Hart's in this. You know what I mean? It's always like, oh. <laughs> I guess I'll, you know what I'm saying? I, real talk. When's the last time you, when's the last time you watched any Kevin Hart content that, well, I, and look, I'm not saying he's always been like that. I think early on he was funny, but then he kind of got a little Disney-fied, a little uh, oversaturated. I'm like, oh, great. Kevin Hart. I thought when when Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg were doing the late night commentary on the Olympics, that yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He's capable of funny, but there's just too much. Yeah, I feel like every commercial, every every five commercials has Kevin Hart doing the same thing, which is him talking a little bit overly loud Fast. about the product. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's pretty much the entirety of the joke. Like it's just too much. I, I say tack back, K Hart. Like you know. T- take a beat, you know, 
get take the Seinfeld thing. Go down on top. Let people, you know, build up the appetite a little. You know, I, I don't. Well, know. it's like it's like an album. You you can't have all hits. You got to have a hit, and then you got to pull it back and have some ballads, and then you build back up to the next hit after a few tracks. Kevin Hitt's just coming out screaming and he's not taking a break. You got to go away for a while to build anticipation from the, your fans for your next thing. Look, and he's just not doing that. It's too yeah, much. It's oversaturation. Yeah, he's in too much. It's like much. one minute he's with it. He's like in a State Farm insurance commercial. Next thing he's like sitting in the in the NBA studio. You know, next thing it's everywhere. We just need a break. Like... <laughs> There's a reason when an artist puts out an album, it's a big deal because they put them out like one every two years. This would be like putting yeah. out like seven albums a year. We've just got enough. We've just got enough right now, Kevin Hart. We don't need the sketch show. <laughs> All right. All right. That'll do it for Relevant Buzz. Make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com for the latest of what's happening at the intersection of faith, life, culture, justice. We're publishing all day, every day. Follow us on all the socials for the latest. Thanks, Emily. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Melody Malone from Passion joins us. You're listening to the National Parks. The song is Rodeo. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Melanie Malone. She's a worship leader with passion. She's been with them for years. Okay, that was in the write-up. I'm not implying she's been with them for like forever. She's not been with them for decades. She's not like old or anything, but she's not like brand new either. Okay, so there you go. Anyway, we talked to her uh, not long after this year's Passion Conference. So obviously we talk about the conference. Um, We talk about what Passion has been up to and what is coming up next. Here's our conversation with Passion's Melanie Malone. Now, I know Passion was in Dallas and Atlanta this year. Was that yeah. was the album recorded at both or was it just one of them? Uh, I think I think everything came from Atlanta. Okay. Um, I think we recorded everything, but when it came down to it, I think Atlanta won out. <laughs> what was conference like this year? I haven't gotten to talk with anyone yet. Oh, man. They were very different. Um, da- than, than each other. I get like Dallas and Atlanta were very different. Mm-hmm. Dallas was very, um, it felt very pure and very intimate and not um, hypey, if that makes sense. You know, you get a room full of college students, thousands and thousands, and you think, oh, that's just got to be hype. But it was very, it felt very holy and intimate. And like, there was a, 
desire and a hunger for God in Dallas that was beautiful. Um, and Atlanta, when its own right, was very much, uh, it felt more like, oh, there's excitement. We're excited to be here. It's the start of a new year. We're believing for what God's going to do in this year. And um, they were both just, I'm, I stand in, in just amazement every time that we get to do this, just to watch a generation pursue Jesus. You know, we always talk about how this, you know, people count this generation out or they're saying they're dead. They don't believe in Jesus. They're not coming to church. But I do think there is a hunger for God, maybe not for religion, but there is a pure hunger to experience and to know God in this generation. And that's really exciting. This is all about you. This is all. You know, when y'all were singing these songs at Passion, were there any that you felt maybe like really struck a chord with students or just maybe had like a really powerful moment? Yeah. Um, I've I mentioned I've witnessed it the title of the record. I think that song, that that song um, is one that that um, I was able to bring to the table this year. And uh, it's kind of crazy. And I, I love it because we wrote it back in the summer. Um, and I didn't think, I don't think I knew how much I needed that song when I wrote it. And then as we started to lead it, just to see how much it connected with people. Uh, I mentioned the word witness and um, I love how Eugene Peterson comes around this word um, because he says that a witness is someone who's not at the center, but points to and names the thing that is at the center. And I think as believers in Jesus and Jesus and God, like that's our purpose. It's like we are here to point to what we've come to know and who we've come to know is at the center of all of this. You know how it says in Colossians, like um, that in, it's in him and by him and for him that all things are made and in him all things hold together. Um, but this song really, it just, it talks about how I've seen God's faithfulness in the past. I've seen his goodness. I've felt his presence. I have experienced his salvation. I and because of the resurrection. Like, I mean, like I know all of these things are true. I have witnessed his goodness with my own eyes. I have witnessed healing. I've witnessed salvation. Um, all of those things, I've seen it. And so in the days that it doesn't feel true and the days that it feels like, I don't know if I can believe that again, it's a song that helps me remember that and say, no, I've seen it. I remember like I experienced this with God. And so I'm going to, I'm going to choose to praise him today because he is always worthy um, and believe for the future. Like that I, if I've seen it once that I'm going to see it again um, because it's always, always possible with Jesus. think that's like a shift that's happening with the younger generation that they're not wanting the hype anymore or like do you do you have any insight on that I'm just curious I I don't know if I have insight but I think you're right I think they're tired you know of being entertained I think in this day and age we have information at our fingertips we have more information coming at us than ever before and I think 
it's hard, you know, because we have to make decisions about what is what is real, what is true, what is false all the time. And so I think that this generation just, just longs for something that's real and true and to actually experience something versus just to be like overwhelmed and their sensor, all the like, you know, your senses are just going haywire. And I think just stripping everything back and just having this simplicity. I mean, it's, I think that it's, it, that's the move of God. It's, it's longing for a real encounter more than it is of, we didn't come here to be entertained. We didn't come to a show. We can get like, Honestly, the world is going to give them much better sh- a much better show, much better entertainment value than the church ever could if we try to. And so I think they're just saying we don't want that. We really do want Jesus. And so I think that's that's part of what you're seeing at Asbury is just this pure hunger um, for Jesus at the end of the day. That was Melody Malone. Make sure to check out Passion Worship's latest album, Burn Bright. It's available everywhere. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. President Dilly, I'm feeling like Diddy, a fool what I pity. The pride my Achilles, I bought a new house in the south side of the city. It's me and my baby and two little kitties. See that I'm winning and think that I'm sinning. You gotta be kidding. Well, actually, I guess you right, factually. Thankful to save it to death for me, happy. I know that Satan is mad at me. Gotta be grateful that God is amazing and got me up out of my tragedy. This not a fable, he made me a table and left all my enemies raggedy. Right there. He put the oil on my head and the sword of the spirit, of course, by the bed in the morning. Listening to No Big Deal. It's his new single, President. If you follow him on IG or TikTok, you've heard it. (laughs) Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, oh boy, this was a meandering... I mean, if you heard the show, (laughs) the way we got here (laughs) was, I don't know how we got here, but where we ended up was Jesse wants to reboot Yellowstone, but Yellowstone 2002, he wants to do, (laughs) he wants to do a version of Yellowstone set in 2002 where everybody wears decorative denim, has swoopy hair and listens to uh, Death Cab for Cutie and wears metal ball necklaces. That's what the, he wants. And wears Chuck Taylors, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it got us thinking about vintage style in the early 2000s because it's the early 2020s, which means we're completely due. We've had some pieces. We've had a couple little pop-ins of early 2000s already. We know. But we're ready. It's happening. The avalanche is coming. The tsunami is coming of early 2000s comeback. So we asked you for your for feedback. Um, what trend from the early 2000s do you not want to see come back in style? You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And here's a few of our favorites. I, well, 
this is Ross, and and I don't know if he already has my pitch deck for Yellowstone uh, 2002. <laughs> it seems like he does. But he he objected to laugh tracks. He said, your show isn't funny. If what? you feel like you need to tell me when I'm supposed to laugh. Yellowstone 2001 is not only going to have laugh tracks, it's going to be filmed in front of a live studio audience, which is going to be difficult because we're going to be- Wait, you're going back to the 80s? We're going to be- They weren't doing that in the 2000s. It's 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 that was the eighties. It's given a little touch of it's given the show a touch of class. We're going to be filmed in front of a live studio audience, which is going to be difficult because it's also filmed in the wilds of Yellowstone uh, outside. In, yeah, outside. So <laughs> the budget for this show is quite expensive because we need hundreds of people to get the offense. But I also want the I also like want the all when like the cute little okay, niece yeah. looks yeah. right yeah. at the yeah. camera and says yeah. you know yeah. or like you know <laughs> the the you know, if you drop breakfast on the floor and you see the golden, the family pet golden retriever trotting away with the waffle, <laughs> you know, but we're going to have the whole gambit <laughs> of emotions. We're going to have that yeah. one cue where it tells you that this is like the moment to bring the kids in close. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. You know, this is the the little, the little lesson going on. Ross, that was, that, that was, that was real peak TV. And I'm glad uh, you acknowledge <laughs> it because it's absolutely coming back. I, I have been watching. Now you're talking about shows like the you you just blended 80s, 90s, and 2000s mm-hmm. because I think it died off kind of with Big Bang Theory. You know but mm-hmm. that the, yeah. that era was the last gasp of that format of television, right? But it started in the 50s, right? Yeah. The like you know basically the 40s with the radio shows. So it was a live studio audience, right? And then you know. And then went to the television. I have been watching. I discovered okay during the during the um, during the Super Bowl, uh, the number one commercial was what Tubi. Yeah, that that commercial where yeah. everybody thought that somebody sat on the remote <laughs> and launched yeah. the Tubi app, where everyone hated their family for like fifteen seconds. <laughs> right, everybody, somebody screaming at somebody, <laughs> like so, you know. And uh, anyway, it was genius. So uh, a couple weeks later, the CEO of Tubi is on Marketplace on NPR, and I was just listening to it. And I I don't know Tubi at all, and I'm listening to them what they do, and he's saying that they. Their whole thing is they have the largest library of television shows and movies of any streaming service, and it's completely free, and it's really about the algorithm, and they get to know what you like, and they have this tailored experience for you, blah, blah, blah. And I was just curious, so I came home that night, and I downloaded Tubi, and I'm checking it out, and they have... You know, all these shows that you grew up liking and you're wondering, like, where are they now? Mm -hmm. Like, all these streaming services, and you can't find all these shows that you used to love... I'll tell you, my friend, they're all on Tubi. That's where they are. And I have been every night, and Emily can tell you, I have been staying up to like four in the morning every night watching like all these old shows that I used to love. What are some highlights? I am deep. I am deep in Dick Van Dyke show right now. I love the Dick Van Dyke show. And it is the quintessential show of what you just described. Studio audience, moment of you know, oh, like a teaching moment, you know, like all the uh, pratfalls, all the things, you know, all the, I love it, man. It's great. It's great television. That's peak TV for me. Give it, you know, let's go back to television or are there movies too? No, no, no movies. Dude, they have Oscar winning movies. They have 12 years a slave. They have uh, uh, super bad. They have like real movies. Yeah. Do they have the Mary Kate and Ashley catalog? Because I have been looking to watch some of those movies. I didn't go that (laughs) I didn't go in that category of the algorithm. I'd be curious. I'd, I'd be curious where those <laughs> yeah. ended up. Who bought the rights? That is a those. priceless catalog. So, <laughs> it, I might get to be if they have Mary Kate and Ashley. 
There's no reason why you wouldn't get Tubi. It's free, and there's very, very few commercials. You watch about 45 seconds of commercials per show. I've, I'm not kidding. At the beginning of the show, it's about 45 seconds of a commercial, and then that's it for the rest of the episode. That, like, that's my why wouldn't with, you get it? That's my beef with like the con- the commercial like level of Hulu. It's like, good Lord, it, because it shows you in a corner like the, or a little mm. clock. It's only two and a half minutes of commercials left. You're like, I, this is this is. The year 2023, I could watch like 15 pieces of content in two and a half minutes. Right. Like, are you kidding me? That's an entire right. commercial break. Yeah. No, that's that's the crazy thing is that maybe they just don't have enough advertisers yet. I don't know. But like, there's hardly any commercials on it. Anyway, whatever. That's enough free advertising for Tubi. Um, Dick Van Dyke show is what <laughs> I was trying to say. Everybody go watch it. It's peak television. All right. What else uh, feedback wise? Emily, although I do want to clarify her Twitter name is Emily spelled correctly and she spells it E-M-I-L-I-E. That is not correct. I'm very strong about that. Uh, but she suggested low-rise velour tracksuits with words on the butt, a.k.a. specifically juicy. Oh, yeah. No, um, bring them back. Think, bring them back. Think Paris Hilton, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, yeah. Just bring them back. Like iconic tracksuits. I have mixed feelings about it because the velour tracksuit part with the words on the butt, such a funny image. Very... Like I'll see people dress up for as Halloween and I think it's funny. I don't like the low rise part that absolutely no one looks good in low rise pants. If you think you do, you're lying to yourself. I'm sorry. It has to be said. No one looks good in them. It is just I'm so- I'm sorry. <laughs> but when pants when women's pants went from low to normal to like these mom jeans, like halfway up their torso, I, I, I just missed the normal to lower cut of pants. And I'm glad that they're going back that direction. I'm sorry. To say, Emily, it just it is shocking how like low some of those like pants were though. Like I was watching a movie a couple months ago, Cameron Diaz movie, and she had on these low rise pants. And I was shocked because I don't understand like <laughs> the physics behind them, how they were staying up. Because I was like, like, this like is... they're barely above the leg. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they, they, they ended at the like, top of the leg. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't understand how one, these passed as pants and two, multiple people wore them and thought they looked good in them. Like, and I love they were connected leg warmers. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you she could have put on like add two inches to those pants and we would have been just fine. I feel so tracksuits. Yes. Low rise. No. Well, Georgia said choker necklaces, which, you know, I could, I could see that. I could see that coming back or, or, you know, Georgia said she doesn't want to see this. Well, they are like, they are a hair's breadth away from like those puka shell shell necklaces. And we're all watching Outer Banks. We, we know they're storming back. Okay. All you got to do is like tie a couple bandanas around your, your wrist and get a puka shell. You're straight John B territory. So Got bad news, Georgia. They're coming back. <laughs> Eric said Eric said bandages as an accessory on the cheek. Think Nelly. Oh, <laughs> he yeah, always had Nelly. a little band-aid on his cheek for no reason. Yeah. Does yeah, he still I like it? Has anyone seen Nelly? <laughs> he might still be rocking it. Although I think that could work for Yellowstone 2002 because you know, might have like gotten nipped on the barbed wire or something, you know. Well, so like he might need well, a little real, cheek bandage. Real talk. I thought he had like a little biopsy there. Like, oh good news. It's benign. <laughs> benign, Nelly. We, <laughs> I'd wear sunscreen. I'd wear sunscreen, but we, we got the little scrape. We checked it out. You should be good to go. But we SPF forty, SPF forty is what we um, Cassie said jeans under dresses, and I I did absolutely do that trend. Um, and I really can't think of a worse trend that has ever hit history. Like it just. I never understood that trend. It it's was like so why would you want to get bulkier? 
It, <laughs> yeah. And also, I'll say not comfortable. It was it's truly one of the worst trends that I've ever fortunately been a part of. I didn't see this out there and I'm kind of surprised, but someone just strolled in right now and they're wearing the Von Dutch trucker with the Jesus is my homeboy (laughs) shirt. Is anyone, who's not being like, all right, you know what? I know, I see what you're going for here. And I, (laughs) and I appreciate the heck out of it. Like to me, to me, that was, that, that could come back at any moment, any moment, the Von Dutch hat with. It is coming back. It had a moment in 2000, like there was a minute there where there were a lot of influencers wearing Von Dutch hats. It's kind of died off a bit, but I think it could easily come back Wait, again. You just said 2000. Sorry, sorry. 2020. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a little bit of a comeback of Von Dutch. You're right. It was like coming back ironically and then it didn't quite catch. It, You're right. If I had right. a Jesus is my homeboy shirt, it would be back in rotation. There's no question. Oh, absolutely. That was, a, that was, absolutely. That, that was a, a clutch item from that era. Okay. The what? Okay. I agree with, uh, I, agree with craig he says the fedora the justin timberlake fedora if i never see one of those out in the wild again i will be a happy person and then we would never work for yellowstone 2002 so see the thing about the thing about the fedora the age limit to wear it like the 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 floor is extremely high let me just say that right nothing below 70 right exactly but then you looked then it's a whole vibe you know what I mean? If you if you see oh, yeah. if you see a seventy year old guy having a cup of coffee, reading the newspaper, wearing a fedora, that guy's seen some stuff. He's probably got some good stories. That's the coolest dude on the block. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay with fedoras because if you wear one, that kind of lets me know that you're like a red flag, and I should just like stay away from you. So if you're wearing it, that just tells me more about you than. I need to yeah, ask. Or like, unless you're over the age of 70 and, and you have it with then like it's a endearing. cool duster or something. And, yeah. And you're like, that guy has probably solved a murder at some point, <laughs> like a very complex one, like glass onion style. Yeah. yeah. Michelle says designer facial hair. She and she's uh, she sent a picture of that one guy from the Backstreet Boys that had like the, the pencil shoe beards and the mm-hmm. shoestring goatees and all this very, very sculpted I still see it, not maybe as much on white guys. I still, but I still see it around. Oh, I, yeah, a little bit. But it, I've seen it in the wild quite a number of times. Because I mean, here's the thing: like, if you go to certain establishments, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna say it. All right, and and this isn't because I frequent there, but I, but we've all had the experience of walking by there. If you go to a chain <laughs> restaurant bar, okay, on a Friday night. You're going to see a lot of fashions, like items that just that that people just stopped evolving in about 2003, 2002. Like you will see the affliction, like bedazzled back pocket jeans. You will see 100%. that that thin facial hair. I'm telling you, go into go into. You will see frosted tips, spiky hair. Yeah, with the same guy. He's wearing all of this. I'm telling yeah. you, roll up, roll up to to your local like. TGI Fridays, but just the bar section on a Friday night. You could go even Cheesecake Factory, a little classier there, but you're going to see fashion that look like it, it, it's straight, you know, 2003 and just got stuck in ember like one of those mosquitoes in Jurassic Park. That's what chain restaurant bars are these days. And I appreciate those guys. Keep it's it the Guy Fieri situation. It's like every... I, most people, I'm not going to say everybody, most people, guys in particular, you can tell the peak year of their life 
because their music taste and fashion stopped there. Music taste, fashion, and haircut stops there. Whether it be high school, college, early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s, whatever. And they just froze it. They're like, I like this, and this is me now. And that guy may be 48. He may be 33. He may be 21. You don't know. He's wearing the same style. But, you know, uh, I saw I saw this dude. He was wearing studded white jeans with white, like, pointy cowboy boots, an affliction shirt. He had frosted spiky frosted tip hair he had on a choker necklace and he was at the bar at the porch i saw him last friday night yeah. and i was like dude he's he's rocking 2001 like i i haven't seen since 2001 there, it was a, amazing there, there's a reason why why they're at with their date at the chili's bar you know <laughs> splitting some sliders and a and a marg with two straws on friday night you know life has just paused it is on a hard pause and lifestyle choices just never moved on and you know right. they live simpler lives and who am i to judge right. no no one yeah all right that's your feedback there's more where that came from go check out uh everything at look at our mentions at relevant podcast on twitter okay it's time for this week's editorial question of the week okay well earlier in the show we were talking about scandal and if uh oh who knows by the it's so it's so fast moving that by the time this comes out which is two days after we're recording it who knows what might have happened? God may have um, just Scandival. ushered in the apocalypse because this was just, <laughs> it, 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 it hit the point. It hit, it, it was the, the final the tail white horse him. emerges. Yeah, finally. The seventh seal will be broken and, and, and <laughs> finally On move Vanderpump us into the Wolf. next chapter, the final chapter of the tribulation, thanks to them. Wait, is it riding the white horse doing cocaine? Maybe, maybe that is what's going to happen. I don't know. Um, anyway. <laughs> I got us thinking about guilty pleasure television. And so here's the deal. Everybody has their guilty pleasure television. Jesse's like, well, I watch this, but here's why I watch it. And I'm like, well, here's why I watch this. You know, it's anthropological and it helps me. Yeah, we all defend our guilty pleasure a little bit. We all have the, well, I don't really like it, but here's why I watch it. We want to know your guilty pleasure TV and defend it. Like it gets a bad rap. But tell us why you watch it and why people should give it a chance. That's what we want. We want to know your guilty pleasure and why it shouldn't get a bad rap. Why you watch it and why you think more people should enjoy it as well. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts or you can tell us in the IG story when we post this question as well. That's a good one. I like it. What's yours, Emily? I don't even know. What's your guilty pleasure? Um, I do not feel guilty about it, but it is probably Sister Wives or any of the TLC shows. They do get a bad rap. So what's your what's your defense for it? They are the most fascinating people on TV because there is no one else like them. Uh, I the amount of just the way that they like suspend reality to live in their world is I, I cannot explain it. You have to watch all 17 seasons to understand them, but it is incredible yeah, it's okay it, yeah. just the most fascinating yeah. it's, it's like right. same thing with like a love is blind you know like i don't know why this works but oh, falling in one. love in those pods it just works i don't know why <laughs> i would just say watch the show well before we wrap up i want to remind you to make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com every day we're publishing uh the latest at the intersection of faith life culture justice not only just the latest news and stuff but also features you know to help you grow in your faith and impact the world you live in and live a healthier life and all the good stuff you know 
Um, also, make sure to check out Relevant Plus. It's our ad-free subscription uh, where you get ad-free unlimited viewing at relevantmagazine.com. You get our um, digital magazine as well as an ad-free version of this podcast, an exclusive podcast, and a lot more to come this year. Plans start as low as $250 a month. And all the information is right there on the Relevant Plus tab at the top of relevantmagazine.com. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. All right, we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. I just want one televangelist to go full on post Malone. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.